It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Older than one. Eh, well, you're half right. What is this, amateur hour? This is going to be huge. I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Just when I think you said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it, I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. Check, 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 check. This thing still work? I don't know. It's been a while since I've been here. I'm not sure exactly what works, what doesn't, but we're going to give it a go. Welcome to 2024. And the Sports Rush. I am Brett Romp, along with Adam Lundy. You've changed quite a bit since I left. I didn't know that. I don't know. I just don't remember you that well. It's been two weeks, you know. <laughs> that memory loss I'm dealing with, right? It's two weeks ago. I can't remember. I had to, like, look up your name before I came in just to make sure I got it right. Uh, welcome to our extravaganza, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Coming up on today's show, we're going to get caught up with some of the things we missed over the last two weeks. Hard to believe that I have not done a show for two full weeks Last time I sat in this chair was Monday, December 18th. That's hard to believe. I know it is. I don't normally let anybody else sit in my chair. <laughs> yeah, especially for that amount of time. And uh, to be gone that long, of course, uh, you know, we had uh, John Nolan was here for a couple of days. Griff came in and, and sat in for a couple of days. Uh, I don't know. Did I let Doug Gottlieb come in and sit here? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we've been off for a little while. But it is so glad to have you on the other side of the radio. And coming up on the show, plenty of talk about all your local sports. That's why we're here. And uh, I had a chance to get down to Florida, sneak away for a, a short vacation. I wasn't there the full two weeks I was off. <laughs> I only had seven days that I well, that's the day I arrived to the day I left was seven days, but a uh, chance to get down, see the family down in Florida, and enjoy some seasonably cool temperatures. A little, little colder than you expected. Well, it, you know, it's what you hope for. Like mm. the regular highs are usually upper 70s, pushing toward 80. Uh, this trip, most of the highs were low 70s, mid 70s at best, and overcast skies. Now, it didn't mean like overcast threat of rain. It was just a light cloud cover for most of the days. We had a couple of days where it did get get a, a rain shower or two, but uh, it wasn't the kind of weather that you just hang out at the pool and, you know, kick back. It was wear a hoodie, you know, <laughs> light jacket. Oh, still better than here, though. Here, um, here was gross. No, well, actually, the one day, was it the day after Christmas? When it got up to like 60 or 61 degrees here. Yeah, that was that was good. Because I think we were like mid-60s. And so it was like there was one day where I was only gaining like four degrees. I just feel like the whole time you were gone, it was cloudy and rainy and cold here. But That's there, just there, because you were depressed. Yeah, that's true. You know, you know everything, everything looks rush. grayer and more cloudy when there's no show. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't uh, have anything else to do. 
You know that. <laughs> well, welcome to my world. What do you think I'm doing? I uh, I spend two hours a day talking sports to myself when I got no show. That's how bad it's gotten for me. But uh, but no, I I, I uh, enjoyed a little bit of time off, little R and R. Now I got to kick back into gear. Got to remember today is Tuesday. Uh, that's been the biggest challenge for me because my <laughs> days have been completely thrown off by mm-hmm. these weird holidays falling on Mondays and and uh, you know New Year's Eve should never be on a Sunday. It just seems almost <laughs> sacrilegious to be having New Year's Eve on a Sunday. But anyway, uh, I am back a year older. Happy birthday, belated. A decade older. <laughs> you put on 10 years. It was a uh, yeah, it was a very big year. When you flip the first digit of the two digits, it's a big year. Absolutely. Uh, but anyway, glad to be back. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Questions, comments, suggestions. You can always let us know what's on your mind. I'm sure there's plenty of things you've been anxious for us to weigh in on. Questions you've got for us, don't hesitate. Text the show, 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Uh, you know, my biggest challenge was after two weeks of not being able to talk about everything that was going on, I had to sit down today and think, okay, now I've got to prioritize. I've got yeah. to figure out what are the important things to talk about, what's not so important, because so many things happened in those two weeks. Uh, you go back over those two weeks. First of all, Mastodon's played Pitt, and, and it seems like, Okay, that's a long time ago. Oh, that feels like weeks and but weeks and weeks. But I was never here to talk about it. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Dons had their second loss at Pitt going into Christmas break. But, uh, you know, it's what's so fun about this team is even when the offense is struggling, and the offense really struggled, I think the, the biggest challenge is that Pitt lines up with a seven-footer, and then they they have 6'9", 6'8", 6'8", and they've got like a 6'2 point guard. Right. Okay, the Mastodon, and, and so Pitt is one of the tallest teams in the country, and then you counter that with the Mastodons, who have a 6'8 center. Pitt has two 6'8 guards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the Dons have a 6'8 center. And then the Dons go 6'4", 6'2", 6'8". And, and uh, I think they struggled adjusting to the length of Pitt, and it threw off their shot. It wasn't so much that uh, they were blocking shots, but it's just that when you have to go to shoot it and you see this long arm coming at you, uh, you just naturally kind of give it a little extra arch or change the shot trajectory, and the Dons just struggled shooting the basketball. But what's fun about them is the fact that they can defend and keep themselves at least in the neighborhood. And so they got beat by 14 points. That's not necessarily a humiliating loss. Believe me, look at some of the games that uh, that did get played by mid-majors against power conference teams over the last couple of weeks. Um, but uh, but the, the bright side is they did hold Pitt to just 62 points, which was the season low for the Pitt Panthers. And they took uh, Blake Henson who averages 20 points per game and had been on a streak where he had hit, what was it, 26 out of 42 three-pointers over his previous, like, seven games. Uh, they held him 0 for 4 from distance, held him to just five points. It's the only game this year he's been in single digits, and they held him to just five points. Uh, he'd been averaging, I think, over the previous seven games, like 23 or 24 points per game, so... Uh, they did a terrific job on the top player for Pitt, 
and held Pitt as a team to just 62 points, but unfortunately, uh, just matchup issues. You know, too many rebounds, too many second chance points. Don's got beat. Comets, they seem to have all of a sudden become a soft team. They're not the, the type of Comets that we love here in Fort Wayne, which is a tough physical team that wins the battles in the corners. Not the Comets right now. They've gotten soft, and as a result, they've not won enough games lately. They've got some new faces that have been uh, injected into the lineup. Uh, we'll get that figured out. Comets will be at, uh, at Kalamazoo coming up tomorrow night. Then they head to Toledo. <laughs> That's a loss. <laughs> I, I, what is it about Toledo? We cannot. I mean, they've uh, got our number big time. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. Uh, and then um, the Comets will be home with a chance to, to salvage the weekend with games against Iowa on Saturday and Sunday. And I think we've got tickets uh, that we might be giving away this week. So you have to stay tuned for that. Uh, also, uh, what else? Have? Colts. And, you know, I was all prepared to have my big blast at them for what they did with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. No, no, that didn't happen. And, uh, well, I, I was ready to take my shots. I mean, it did happen. It was embarrassing what happened. But I was ready to take my shots at the Colts for, for laying an egg and just wasting an opportunity at Atlanta. But then I realized, well, the Colts play again before we have a show. So I really can't, <laughs> I can't really dwell too much on what happened in Atlanta. Although... No. Uh, they squeaked by the Raiders. Would have been nice uh, if they'd have made that a little easier. That was really frustrating to watch. Uh, just watching them play that soft prevent defense. Oh, the whole, I, I hate that prevent the, stuff when you give that big cushion and guys have a open field in the middle to catch and run. And yeah, and I mean any more time on the clock and it would have been an issue. Uh, but anyway, the Colts held on and won at twenty three twenty against the Raiders. So now it's a winner. Basically, take all. Mm -hmm. Winner goes into the playoffs. The loser stays home. Colts, Houston, and the NFL has moved that into Saturday night primetime with Joe and Troy on the call. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, the A-team from Monday Night Football. They're going to be the two that will call the game on ESPN. I don't know if that's an ABC primetime on Saturday night. I know it's ESPN, but I'm not sure if it's ABC. But uh, the Colts and Houston... On Saturday night, uh, do yeah. we have that? We have that game. Yeah, we do. Colts Texans Saturday night, seven thirty pregame. What do they kick it off about? Eight fifteen. Eight fifteen. It's ESPN and ABC. Uh, so uh, Colts still have a chance to get in the playoffs. Now, uh, let's. I, I want to look at this, right? Yeah. Because before the season, and I, I got to take this off the wall. <laughs> you got it. Uh, before the season. You handed me a Colts schedule, right? Before yeah. the season started. And I said, I'm just going to go through and and kind of randomly pick wins and losses through the season to try to figure out what the record's going to be. And uh, one, two, three, four, five. I had six wins. So they've exceeded that. Now, I did say that there were some 50-50 games in there that I said, I, you know, I could see them winning eight games, nine maybe, but uh, did not expect them to get to 10. And that's the, that's what they've got a chance to do coming up on Saturday night. Um, also, Pacers have been hot. What, have they won four in a row? Yeah. 
after uh, they struggled for a bit, and, they, and basically it was a come-to-Jesus type of meeting. It's like you guys either decide to play defense or you're going to be sitting there looking at loss after loss after loss. And uh, it's like you don't have to be great defensively, but you can't give up 145, 150 points a night and expect that you'll uh, you'll come up with a 500 or better record. And the Pacers have been better defensively. You saw it against the Knicks. Yeah. And uh, they got the win against the Knicks. Didn't want to rub it in too much, but I do have to mention it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm obligated to at least mention, since I, you're a Knicks fan here I, in Indiana. I would qualify that loss, but I'll just let you have your, your jab at me. Okay, go ahead and get your qualifi- qualifier in there. We had, we had like four to five players not playing because R.J. Barrett, IQ had been Be- traded. Because of all the trades. Yeah. They hadn't gotten the new guys, no. but you had to ship out the old guys. Yeah, they couldn't play. Did Brunson play? Yes. Did Julius Randle play? Yes. Good enough. <laughs> it's a star-driven league. All you have to have is your stars. <laughs> Role players don't count. Uh, uh, but the Pacers got a big one last mm-hmm. night over Milwaukee, 122-113. Uh, oh, you know what else I watched? What would you watch? Last week. I watched FAU after that big win against Arizona, which, of course, happened since we've had a show. But the Florida Atlantic Owls... Uh, went on the road or went out to Vegas, beat Arizona, who just, you know, a week and a half earlier was the number one team in the country, and then Purdue knocked them off. And uh, and they're flying high, right? The owls are flying high if owls fly high. And then they go to Florida Gulf Coast, another mid-major from the A-Sun, uh, going from the Atlantic side to the Gulf side down in Florida, and FAU gets beat by Florida Gulf Coast. Oh, it's like uh, John Rothstein. What does he always tweet? He says, anarchy? No, it's college basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you go and beat somebody, get that emotional win, and then you basically just give it right back by losing. And, and, uh, you know, when you go to Florida Gulf Coast, they've got a sellout crowd, biggest crowd they've probably had there in years and years. And uh, and so, you know, Florida Gulf Coast is probably going to play over their heads, and they did. They played much better than they've played almost any other game this season, but FAU just didn't match them from an intensity standpoint and paid the price. They, you know, FAU kind of toyed with them. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast get ahead. FAU would make a run. They'd make it a two-point game. All of a sudden, Florida Gulf Coast had hit a couple of wild shots, and the next thing you know, it's six, seven, eight points again. And that's pretty much the way the game went until the very end. And Florida Gulf Coast, in the final minute or two, outplayed FAU and ended up getting a victory. Uh, Notre Dame in the bowl game. Did you watch the bowl game at all? Not the Tony the Tiger. I didn't think I would get excited about watching, but once I turned it on, I ended up watching most of the game. And I think that's because Notre Dame was just dominating Oregon State. Uh, I thought we'd see a bad football game by two teams. Instead, we saw a bad game by one team, and Notre Dame looked pretty darn impressive, considering it was a lot of backups that were playing. Notre Dame poured it on against Oregon State, winning that one 40-8. to uh, Also, Baltimore, are you a buyer? Do you believe Baltimore best team in the NFL, yes or no? They look like it. They look like it. The record tells us they are. But are we fully convinced? I, I'm not yet. And, and it's like, okay, all the evidence, all the facts are there staring me in the face. And yet I'm ignoring them. You're still leaving. It's kind of like being on a jury when they present the case. And it's like, 
you know, cut and dry. This guy is absolutely positively guilty. You know, you've got his fingerprints. You've got this. You've got that. And it's like giving you all the evidence. And you say, I don't know if he did it. I still don't know. <laughs> we need um, more debate. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I'm still not 100% sold on Baltimore. And, in fact, a, a good discussion we're going to have this week, who do you buy in the AFC? If it's not Baltimore, who is the team? The Chiefs don't look like the regular Chiefs. I mean, is it the Cleveland Browns? Oh, I don't, I, I don't think so, but maybe. If the Browns and Chiefs play neutral field right now, who wins? You see, the fact that I'm even having to think about it is an issue because, you know, that just <laughs> shows what we've seen the from the Chiefs. Flacco yeah. is playing and the confidence that Cleveland has gained with Flacco as their quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to deny what's happening in Cleveland. Crazy. Uh, but you've got, you know, Cincinnati's out. Buffalo could be out. Uh, Miami doesn't look like the same Miami as they did earlier. No, I mean, especially after that game against the Ravens. Yeah, and then uh, and then they end up getting Chubb hurt. Yeah, not late good. In that contest. Not good. So, uh, I I don't know. Jacksonville has not been impressive. No, they've never had. I don't think they've had one standout game this season. And they might not make the playoffs. They might not. I don't know. That's what I said. I said Texans might end up winning this whole damn thing. Oh. Um, I mean, it, it's strange, but. It's possible. All you got to do is give yourself a shot right now in the AFC because it doesn't seem like there's multiple teams. You say, well, that's where it will end. You get to the conference, uh, you know, semifinals, <laughs> you know, that's where it ends. Right. You can't really say that because it's all about matchups, whether a team plays at or above their potential. And I don't know that we've seen that from the Chiefs. Uh, the Bills are still, I mean, they're playing well right now, but we've seen the Bills get beat by teams like the Jets and the and the the Patriots, right. so, so. Uh, who knows what to expect. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Great night last night, college football semifinals. We've got to talk about that. Uh, right now, let's go ahead and check in. What's happening on this January 2nd, getting our new year underway? Today's top headlines with Adam Lundy. All right, thanks, Brett. After a 3-0 week, averaging 25.3 points and 17.7 assists per game, Tyrese Halliburton has been named the NBA's Eastern Conference Player of the Week. The Indianapolis Colts say they've signed wide receiver Jawan Winfrey to their active 53-man roster from the practice squad for Saturday's regular season finale against the Texans. Purdue Fort Wayne's C.J. Corey Hadnot, whichever you want to call him, C.J. or Corey. Well, yeah, and you know what C.J. stands for? No, I don't. Corey Jr. All right. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> CJ Hadnot has been named the Horizon League Men's Basketball Freshman of the Week. I asked him what his middle name was because I was trying to figure out the CJ. <laughs> he said Oliver. Oh. Well, and I'm I, like, oh, that's not CJ. <laughs> Corey so, no, Jr. no, the J's for Junior. Now I know. It is the fourth freshman award of the season for Hadnot. No other player in the league has more than one. He averaged 10.5 points, 2.5 assists, 2.5 rebounds, and 1.5 steals in two victories on the week. And on the girls' side of things, Purdue Fort Wayne's Renna Schwederman was selected as the league's girls' freshman of the week. She averaged 7 points and 2 rebounds per game and shot 36.4% from 3. She scored 12 points off the bench at Green Bay thanks to four three-pointers. And the Comets have released forwards Vincent DeMay and Dalton Hunter. And forward Matthew Wedman's return from Cleveland in the AHL is now official 
And according to Justin Cohn, there should be more coming from Bakersfield. There you go. Yep. Today's top headlines with Adam Lundy. We got to we got to practice. We got to big out of the swing. We We're out of it. all over each. Yeah, I know. It's like I didn't know my time, your time, whatever it was. <laughs> uh, hey, got to tell you about Cruzy Automotive Service. Let's start 2024 with an oil change for that car of yours and save some money. Back in 1990, it was a special year for Cruzy. They moved into their current location because they had outgrown their previous location. And now they are still at that location at uh, Lima Road, north of Wallen, south of Till, right behind the Shell gas station. And to kind of celebrate that move back in 1990, you can get a full-service five-quart regular oil change for just $19.90. You're saving $17 off the regular price. That's $19.90 for a full-service five-quart regular oil change. Now, if you've got synthetic oil, they're still going to take care of you by taking $17 off the price. But here's what you've got to do. you got to make sure to mention that you heard about it here on the Sports Rush. They're my friends out there, and so uh, they're waiting to hear you say it. Otherwise, you'll pay full price. No reason to not pay uh, or not pay $17 less. So go ahead and tell them the Sports Rush sent you and get your next oil change scheduled at Cruzy Automotive Service, Lima Road, north of Wallen, south of Till, behind the Shell gas station. Call for an appointment at 489-1089. That's 489-1089 for Cruzy Automotive Service. College football playoff has to check in with the Eastern time zone before they schedule games next year. How ridiculous was it that the second game did not start until after 9 p.m. Eastern? And, and here's the thing. What game uh, What game was in the Western time zone? The Rose Bowl, right? Okay, it starts early. And then the game that was in the Central time zone starts late uh, it was, what was it, 1230 or after before that game ended? I, I don't know. I couldn't, I, I stopped looking at the clock because all that made me think of is how little sleep I was going to have today uh, coming in and trying to get back to the, the grind of work. But uh, I, I stayed up because the game was too close and I had a little something, something riding on a few things too. <laughs> I, I hit my parlay. Hey, nice. Uh, and I had, and of course I had to wait it out. Uh, but I, I had a parlay last night and I, I, I didn't even look at the game time. Uh, I just was looking at some of the options and bets and thought, I feel kind of good about this. I think I'm going to go ahead and place a parlay. And so, uh, I dropped in my little parlay last night and, uh, and ended up uh, getting it. But I had, um, Michael Penix to throw for 275 yards. He blew that away. Oh man. I had, uh, Quinn, uh, Ewers. To throw for 225 yards. Now, he only had like 89 yards or something like that in the first half. So I was a little concerned about that. But then he kind of, uh, the best thing that happened was Washington going up two scores because that forced Texas to become more one-dimensional and throw the ball a little bit more. All right. Kickoff time was 8.01 p.m. Central. That's 9.01 Eastern. Yep. Yeah. And the game ended 11.52 Central. So, 12.52 So Eastern. it was almost 1 a.m. Sure yeah, was. Sure was. Terrible. Three hours and 50 minutes was the duration. Uh, um, I had uh, Michael Pettix Jr., two-plus passing touchdowns, and Washington, and I took an alternate spread. I took 10.5, which I didn't need, ultimately. But I took them. I took 10.5 and, and, uh, and ended up getting two and a half times my money. There you go. 
same game parlay. Not a bad way to end the old birthday. But uh, so first game yesterday was uh, Michigan and Alabama. I think what we saw was number one play number two, number three play number four. Tell me I'm wrong. I, I felt like after watching the four teams play that we, in fact, we may have seen one versus two, four versus five, because I still think Georgia, Georgia, to, to me, no question, Georgia's better than Texas. Oh, yeah. And I think Georgia might be better than Washington. I think Georgia would beat Washington. Washington took advantage of Texas's secondary. I I still think it's like, boy, that's kind of a raw deal that Georgia got knocked out by getting beat by Alabama. And I think Georgia had a bigger argument or a stronger argument than maybe Florida State did. But, you know, because Florida State had a quarterback that was hurt. I, I thought, you know, Georgia, who had to play, what, three or four games without their best player, the mm-hmm. tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I still think, based on watching, I mean, what Georgia did to Florida State was embarrassing. Oh yeah, and, and I'm not—that's not to critique Georgia for what the way that I mean, Georgia went out, they played. Yeah, they played the football game. They just played. They played their football, and Florida State had no chance at all. No, I mean, especially with all of the opt-outs and the and the makeup of their roster at this yeah. point in the season, it was just never going to be it a was competitive. Embarrassing. Game. Now, the one thing that will save all these opt-outs, I started to think about this. Yeah is the 12-team playoff. It will help. Because now you'll have 12 teams, and the best 12 teams in the country, presumably, that uh, that will probably keep their best players. And most of the teams that have high-profile players, especially quarterbacks or significant contributors, um, that, have, that have the opt-out are teams that would have been in the top 12 this year. Uh, and so... Next year's 12-team playoff is going to help, and you won't have as many teams then in the remaining bowl games that will uh, will have a roster like Florida State's. But that, I mean, it wasn't even worth having that game on TV. No, I mean, I think everybody knew before the game even started what kind of thing we were looking at with that. Um, And so, but I still think Georgia is a top-four team. And I'm not sure... You know, Texas, I think, would have been the team I'd have probably knocked out. Uh, but I'm not sure if I, I'd put Georgia as the number three. Uh, because I still think Michigan Alabama are the best two teams. I think Washington is a step behind. I think Michigan showed a lot of the people who who were against Michigan because they, you know, they said, oh, they cheated to get there, or they wanted to say uh, they didn't play a tough enough schedule. Now Michigan has won um, consecutive games, three straight games over quality competition. I guess depending on how you view Iowa, <laughs> uh, but but they, you know, they beat Ohio State, they beat Alabama, and they beat Alabama by playing Michigan football, and they actually beat Alabama by playing Alabama football which Alabama's always beat up on teams because they've been more physical at the line of scrimmage. Michigan dominated at the line of scrimmage, including the final play. And if you're a Michigan fan, thank you (laughs) to Notre Dame for giving up on Tommy Reese because (laughs) that was just an awful call. Yeah. I mean, you're telling me you don't have any kind of misdirection to get players going one way and try to go against the grain. There's something that you haven't got. I mean, you've got to have something that's better than that. Something that you drew up as a two-point conversion. Something that had to be better 
than a quarterback draw right into the teeth of the Michigan defense, which, by the way, is the strength of the Michigan defense. And sometimes, you, you know, you can't go with your strength. If the other team's strength is better than your strength, you cannot just follow your offensive line and trust that they will plow Michigan off the football. And uh, and so Michigan wins it in OT. And what a great final drive by Michigan. Oh, yeah. Uh, in a must-have situation, J.J. McCarthy, uh, he was he was clutch. And, uh, and I thought Michigan's play calling was terrific on that final drive. They ran, I mean, the fourth down play guy was wide open. And, uh, you know, you, you don't want to put a receiver, especially a running back, into a situation where they have to make a contested catch. They, they had him so wide open that they just barely flipped it to him and let him catch and run to get the first down on that fourth and two. And then uh, the completion over the middle looked like the ball was tipped. And it still had enough on it to get to the receiver inside the 10. And then uh, and then they finished it off in overtime. Blake Corum, just determined runner. Oh, I mean, yeah. he was not going to go down. He was going to get to the end zone. Uh, it was game time, and he put on a show on that final run in overtime to give Michigan the victory. And then the Michigan defense did their part and came up with a big fourth down stop. But I thought... Uh, at this point, I think Michigan is my pick over Washington. Uh, Michael Penix was terrific, and I still question why he didn't win the Heisman because I thought he should win the Heisman. You remember, now it's been a couple of weeks ago, but you do remember that I thought Michael Penix should win the Heisman. And I thought Jane Daniels is probably going to be the guy they give it to, but I thought Michael Penix had put on enough of a show that he had earned the Heisman. If you go back and do a revote right now after what we saw last night, tell me that Michael Penix probably doesn't walk away from New York with that Heisman Trophy. I'm with you. I was right there with you. I think Penix should have won it. I think that uh, having a 9-3 and team that's going to the ReliaQuest Bowl where the quarterback is opting out is not a good look for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, and I think that you know giving it to a quarterback who led his team to an undefeated season to the undefeated college in, against good competition really against, good against the previous heisman trophy winner and uh clearly was the reason they were were undefeated yes uh i mean and, and he made some throws last night that you don't even see nfl quarterbacks completing consistently i no. mean just perfectly placed footballs and he's so calm uh, under pressure when oh, yeah. anything he just he looks like he just knows exactly what to do in any given moment right and who else have we seen a quarterback that had that same calm demeanor in the pocket tom brady yeah. uh joe burrow is somewhat that way now patrick mahomes is not that way he is not calm his feet are always moving. <laughs> always on the move but <laughs> but as far as somebody who will step back and be patient in the pocket even though the pocket's cl closing and will keep their eyes downfield Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, those are the type of guys. And Michael Penix threw some balls. There. And the other thing, too, is that sixth sense of knowing where the pocket is and how to take the two or three steps while you're still in a position to throw the football. Uh, a couple of times he stepped up in the pocket. A couple of times he slid to his left or right. I mean, he just had the perfect sense of where the space was to be able to throw the football. And then delivered some beautiful times downfield. Oh, yeah. He's got a great arm, and he makes really good reads, too. You know, they say the left-handed shot is, like, the prettiest shot in basketball. It, uh -huh. It's like a left-handed quarterback. Those are kind of pretty coming out, right? <laughs> 
with the left hand, just kind of that flip. And, uh, and that dart he threw over the middle for the touchdown, mm-hmm. he split two safeties with that ball. Right, right on the money. And I'm not sure that it might have gone right through the hand of one of them. <laughs> uh, I mean, that ball had a little bit of mustard on it. Some zip. It did. And, and he put it right on target. The timing was perfect. The accuracy was perfect. His draft stock is just going up and up. Well, and the question is, how how much does he have to raise performance to balance against the injury history? Yes. Because that's what's keeping NFL teams from putting him in that top two or three discussion. Mm-hmm. Is two torn ACLs, couple of shoulder injuries. This guy's just uh, waiting to break down again. But I tell you... <laughs> As much in demand as a good franchise quarterback is in the NFL, I if I've got a pick somewhere in that top five, six, seven, eight, maybe maybe ten, but that would I think if you get him at ten, you get a bargain. Oh yeah, that's and, a steal. And, yeah, and they're talking that he could drop all the way down late first round and even second round. I'm like, come on, no way. No, there's 32 teams in the NFL that are going to pass on Michael Penix. I don't buy that. No. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Um, all right, so uh, coming up, we've got Big Ten play getting back and underway. You know, non-conference, basically a thing of the past now. Once yeah. we change the calendar to 2024, it's basically conference play for everybody. Uh, we've got that coming up. In hour number two, we've got Don Fisher. And I know it's not a Monday. I don't want to throw anybody off. <laughs> it is a Tuesday. Yeah. But we've got Don Fisher for our 15 minutes with Fish. We'll talk Indiana basketball. They'll get set to open up, not open up, resume Big Ten play with a road trip to Nebraska coming up tomorrow night. That's a game you can hear on our sister station, 92.3 FM, only on 92.3 FM, Whoa Whoa Radio. Uh, and Don Fisher will join us about 520. Also... Let's get back into the swing of things. And on a Tuesday, play some Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia coming up after 5 o'clock. So it's a busy day. Once again, our text line open at 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. You're listening to the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Big congratulations to Rena Schwederman, former Jay County Patriot, for winning the Horizon League Freshman of the Week again. Second time for Rena. You know, that makes it like three weeks in a row, I believe, for Mastodon's uh, freshman women's basketball players. Unfortunately, the Mastodon's lost at Green Bay yesterday, but they will uh, return home. And what do they have, a Wednesday or Thursday home game? I'll figure that out for you. Uh, Yeah, you figure out exactly what's coming up next. I have enough trouble just trying to keep up with the men's schedule. (laughs) Uh, But the Mastodon's right now alone on the men's side. First place in the Horizon League standings. They are the only team in the league without a conference loss. Just what everybody predicted in those uh, preseason polls, your favorite. Oh, I was, man, I was on them. I, I thought they were cheating the Dons because not the thing about it is, yes, I understand they're losing all five starters. But this is a program that has consistently been at least a 500 basketball team. We've seen that, yeah. And so even in the worst years, it manages to get somewhere in the neighborhood of 500. And I'm like, to call them uh, eighth or ninth in the league, or some people were picking them dead last out of 11, I'm like, this is not a program that when they sink, they sink to the bottom of the ocean. 
And uh, it was, it, to me, it was ridiculous. But um, I will say, though, the Mastodons have been a pleasant surprise to pretty much everyone, even those of us that had a very positive outlook on the season. I mean, right. I, I, I don't did think... not pick them to win. <laughs> no, no. Or be, you know, or even just have this good of a start. I picked them to be somewhere fifth or sixth. I thought, okay, to me, if they're having a rebuild year, which everybody anticipated when you lose five starters, especially five starters that had played <laughs> for like two or three years together. Yeah. You'd expect a little bit of a drop off, but they were able to go out, get some really good pieces. I mean, Max Nelson, a three-point shooter off the bench, a six-eight guy that can spell you in some minutes there in the post. Uh, you've got the development of Eric Mulder as He's a big. Been, yeah. He's taken over for Rob Petty at the big big man position. And then you've got four players that are averaging between 12.5 and, and 15 points per game. So, you know, pick your poison. Who Who's going to get the number one defensive assignment? Okay, so maybe it'll be a 9 or 10 point game for them. But then everybody else will go 16, 17, 18 points. You've, you've got four guys right now at 12.5 to 15 points per game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a, a fun couple of games coming back from the Christmas break. Northern Kentucky, the preseason favorite in the Horizon League. And the Mastodons used a big second half, outscoring the Norse 46 to 34 to get a 76 well, or 73 to 60 win over Northern Kentucky. And then they turned around and against Detroit Mercy. That's a team they needed to beat. The Detroit Mercy, uh, well, they came in without a win. Yeah. They were 0-14 on the year. And now they're 0-15. It's always scary, though, because you're like, don't let us be the one right. that you don't, makes the headlines. You don't want to be the Raptors against the Pistons breaking yeah. their streak. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. That. 28 in a row. It's like, oh, no. Um, but, uh, but Detroit Mercy had lost, uh, 15 straight coming into Sunday, 14 straight this season. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was a close game at the half credit to Detroit Mercy. I mean, they played pretty well. The Dons didn't hit shots in the first half, much like they didn't hit shots against Northern Kentucky, but just like against Northern Kentucky, the Dons heated up in that second half and, uh, started to connect. And as a result, the Dons outscored Detroit Mercy 57 to 27 Whew. by 30 Whew. in the second half. And that's something that we've seen from these Dons is they never get down and out if they're if they're they just keep playing defense. Yeah. I mean that you know a lot of times teams that aren't shooting the ball well, you'll see it affect their defense, their energy drops. The team never drops energy. They miss shots, they just figure they're they got a higher percentage of making the next one and they go on and play. And they play hard. And they did it, you know, in that game we talked about earlier with Pitt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, they weren't hitting any shots, but they kept defending against Pitt and held Pitt to their season low, 62 points. Against Detroit Mercy, it was the most one-sided loss that Detroit Mercy has had this year. Ended up being 91-56 to was the final. Mastodons defeat the Detroit Mercy Titans under coach Mike Davis. Yes, that Mike Davis that used to coach the Indiana Hoosiers. I got a funny story I got to tell you. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've shared this with you, but th this was pretty hilarious. In fact, you could hear it in the background of the broadcast because before <laughs> the game, I, I Mike Davis was hanging out right in front of our broadcast position. And the reason is because at the Gate Center, uh, they don't have the extra long scores table. So we're, everybody's kind of crowded together and there's no room for me to do the home broadcast on the home side of the press table. So I have to go down toward the visitor side. 
So I am much closer to Mike Davis than I am to Coach Kaufman, which when Coach Kaufman picked up his tee the other night, that might have been a good thing. <laughs> Although I don't think he has said anything that uh, that would have been a problem with the FCC. But I'm sitting there before the game. Mike Davis comes up, looks at us, and he kind of gives us this look. And I said, I know, we should be at the other end. We're at this end. I said, all I need to tell you is that in front of me is a crowd mic. <laughs> I said, just fair warning, that will pick up anything you said. He says, well, the way things have been going, I can't make any promises. So he <laughs> oh, uh, so had a sense of humor about it, right? Right, right. Okay, so we get to the second half of the game. And uh, Mastodons are starting to pull away. Uh, Jackson goes to the free throw line. He's going to shoot a pair of free throws. And he's six for six at the line so far in the game. And so Davis is standing again right in front of me. We're right there courtside. And I say, Jackson to the line, shooting two. So far, he's six for six in the night. And Davis looks over at me and gives me this smirky smile, right? Because I know what he's thinking. He's thinking I just jinxed our free throws. Clank. (laughs) Davis turns, chuckles, and then walks around and says, he just cost you a free throw. And then uh, I'm like, I I can't blame me. I I didn't shoot it. He goes, you did it. You did our six for six at the line. And so he's yakking. And you can hear him because that crowd mic that I warned him about is right there. And I'm like, he probably realizes he's on our broadcast right now. <laughs> Just messing with you. Just messing with me. And uh, I'm like, I, I got away from Kaufman, and now I got Davis giving me a hard time. <laughs> Such is the life of Brett Rome. Yeah. So what happens on free throw number two? Clank. <laughs> oh, and man, Davis, he goes, he missed them both. You cost him two free throws. And then he proceeds to walk, not back to his bench, but towards center court to go up to everybody that's working on press row. Or, and uh, and throw you under the, the bus. Sc- the scorekeeper, the timekeeper, the shot clock operator. And as he's walking, he's saying, that guy down there just cost you guys two points. <laughs> Oh, you cannot escape uh, being teased yeah, and made fun of by well, after, college coaches. After the game, and, and I've got to give him credit because if I was over 15, oh. I wouldn't want to talk to anybody. That's rough. But after the game, he actually came up, gave me a little fist bump and said, I appreciate you, man. He goes, uh, way the season's gone. He goes, I needed a good laugh and I got a good laugh out of that. He goes, I appreciate it. And then walked on. Well, that's good. I'm glad yeah. he uh, got a laugh out of your misery there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the announcer's jinx. Oh, uh, you can't escape it. 46862, Sparkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. By the way, uh, it, just to give you an idea of the balance of the Mastodons, here's the weekend points. In the two games, Jalen Jackson scored 32. Rashid Bello scored 27. Quentin Morton Robertson scored 23. Anthony Roberts scored 22. Eric Mulder scored 21. And freshman CJ Hadnot, who was named freshman of the week, also scored 21 points. So they had uh, six players that scored in double figures average over the two games this weekend. That's awesome. I love even scoring. Um, by the way, just so we. Uh can circle back the Purdue Fort Wayne women 
Their next game will be versus Robert Morris at the Gate Center on Thursday at 7 p.m. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was Wednesday or Thursday. I knew they had a week game, weekday yep. game. The Macedon men are not in action. They, they This is actually their buy round because every week you play two games, but like every third week, one of the teams, uh, or there's always a buy because mm-hmm. there's 11 teams. And uh, this is the buy round, so the Dons don't play until Saturday. They'll take on Wright State, 1 o'clock game at the Memorial Coliseum. Uh, Wright State was picked to finish third in the league in the uh, preseason poll. And uh, Wright State, many t- people probably know the name because they've appeared in multiple NCAA tournaments and as a very solid program under former South Dakota State head coach Scott Nagy. Um, but, uh, no, to give you, uh, some of the numbers for the, uh, the Mastodons so far this year, uh, here's what they rank currently in the national ranks turnover margin. They, uh, they forced what 20 some turnovers against Detroit and, um, the turnover margin, the Mastodons are the second best team out of 362 division one basketball teams. They're number two. Do you know who number one is in that category? No idea. Houston. Hey, Houston. Known for their defense. Oh, yeah. Uh, Turnovers forced per game out of 362 teams. The Dons are eighth. Three-point field goal percentage defense. They are ninth in the country. Steals per game, they're tenth in the country. Scoring margin, they are 14th in the nation. Turnovers per game, so they not only force turnovers, where they uh, they are uh, eighth in the country in forcing turnovers, but they don't commit turnovers. Turnovers per game, they're 19th best in the country out of 362 teams. Uh, overall win percentage right now, they are 16th in the country, and their net ranking is 82. Uh, and that's, again, 362 teams and the net rankings, uh, put them at number 82, which puts them in front of a number of the Big Ten teams, including, I think, Maryland. And, of course, I think IU. <laughs> 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. 46862. Quarterback controversy in South Bend. What's going to happen for next season? Notre Dame's got to sort out who's going to be the quarterback for 2024 under the Golden Dome, but uh, we we saw a pretty impressive performance in their bowl game from an unlikely star, and we'll talk about that. Also coming up, Pacers Bucks. It's becoming one of the best rivalries in the NBA. Yeah, people are starting to catch on. This is a fun one, and they'll be right back at it coming up tomorrow night. And we'll play some Tuesday time capsule trivia. Man, we got a packed hour. Don Fisher too with our fifteen minutes with Fish. I mean, I, I don't know how we fit it all into two hours. Are we going to be done by six? We, well, have, we have to be, right? We have to be. We got Purdue basketball. Purdue basketball. We got to get out of here by six o'clock. But uh, we've also uh, got your text uh, line open. The Parkview Sports Medicine text line is 46862. This is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.